today I'm joined um, by a special person at the other side of the world. Um, one of my one of my coaches in my my early playing days and coming coming into the national team. Today I'm joined by ex Scotland, ex Dutch national coach Peter Drennan. How you going, Dreno? Fantastic, Shaky. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, just, before, yeah, a, just before we came on, just before we came on, I had the pleasure of uh, of meeting Dreno's lovely family, lovely three children, uh, which was new to me because when I knew Dreno, it was just uh, Dreno and his and his good lady. So lovely, lovely to see family, family all well, happy, and and looking very settled now um, in Australia, Dreno. Yeah, very much. It was funny, Shaky. I think we'll talk a little bit about my early days, but. Uh, the reason I went to Scotland, I went over there single and my dad said to me, I think I was 32 at the time, and he says, um, you need to sort your life out, get some direction in your life. So um, away I went to Scotland and uh, within a few months I, I met Lindsay and uh, yeah, I suppose the rest is history. So that uh, that move, uh, I suppose, was very productive, to be honest. Uh, I got three you got your dad to thank on that one. Your dad, your dad told so. you that move. It was a very productive move. It, it was. And... Uh, yeah, one one of my young lads is uh, Scottish. I got two Dutch kids, and uh, yeah, no, no, very very happy here. So um, good, good. Uh, it's worked glad, out well. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So, Dreno, we're going to start as you say. We're going to take you all the way back down memory lane. Uh, you were born on the fifth of October, nineteen sixty-seven, in uh, lovely Bundaberg in Queensland. Tell me about your childhood, your family. What was it like growing up? So, yeah, I had a fantastic upbringing. I um, grew up on a sugarcane farm, just uh, about 12k outside of outside of Bundaberg, and um, you know it, it's such a yeah, you know, a relaxed uh, upbringing. I had an older brother and a younger sister, and um, you know, we're very very close family, very close family, still very very close. Now, I lost my dad a few years ago, but uh, we're a very very close family. Mum's still going well. Uh, up in Bundy and my sister still up in Bundy with my brother and um, yeah look the farm life was wonderful I um, left school quite early to be honest and uh, year 10 I went back to work on the farm for four years and uh, that was uh, you know a fantastic experience um, I had to work hard in those days things were very very different and I suppose the, the cricket came in i was very close to one of my neighbors and when you're living on a farm the neighbors not just next door they're down the road a little bit and each afternoon after school we used to get back uh, to his place pitch the stumps underneath the mango trees and uh that's where we played our cricket we made up the rules and we, we you know we played test matches we played all sorts of cricket in that backyard and uh, uh we lost a lot of balls in the cane fields and whatnot but uh yeah, that, that's that's where I grew up. You know, we didn't have the coaching that we we perhaps got these days and whatnot. Uh, you learn a lot yourself, and, yeah. and uh, they were wonderful days um, growing up. And and uh, yeah, I, I refer back to them. You know, people ask me, you know, how did you get into the game? I said, I just played it in the backyard at my mate's place underneath the mango trees. Yeah, and uh, being creative, and uh, yeah, and then from there we, I think you got to have a passion, haven't you, Shaggy? I've always loved the game. And um, I've been fortunate. I've had a you know a few coaches along the way to help me, but um, yeah, I just I just I just love the game. Still do. Sure. Uh, so when was it? When did you start to realise that you had a had a talent for the game? I mean, when was your first kind of experience of playing in some sort of? Did you play in a local club side? Obviously, your childhood sounds like it was just 
you and you and your mate, maybe your, your your big brother or something around the kind of the local area. But when did you start, you know, progressing that into going to a club or playing for a region or something? Yeah, yeah look, I, I joined a club. Gee, I would have, uh, you know, under tens, under twelves, young, and um, uh, look, I managed to have a pretty good time of it as a youngster. I, I represented the state, twelves, fourteens, sixteens. Um, right through to the nineties and, and whatnot. So I had a pretty good time of it through the through the underages and um uh my club in Bundaberg uh, was Clubites and yep. I managed to you know, they selected me as a young fellow, I think I was fifteen when I made my first grade um debut there. And uh again I managed to do quite well. Um mainly with the bat to be honest. I was always a keeper. I, I love the keeping but I, I Probably scored a lot more runs in my younger days than what I did uh, as I got on. So, and then, um, yeah, I, as I said, I stayed in Bundaberg till I was 19. I, I, um, I got offered a scholarship um, with the Australian Institute of Sport. And that come about um, 86, I think it was. Um, and people always said, you know, you, you've got to move to the city. You've got to move to the city. And, I did make that move with this this scholarship. Sorry, I've jumped I've jumped a little bit further forward there, Shakey. Memory right. mate, I'm getting old. Yeah. But uh, no, I got I got this country scholarship, a Prudential Prudential scholarship. I think it was. I think Prudential was a, a bank. I think uh, it wasn't much back then. It's fifteen hundred dollars in assistance to move from the country to the city. Yeah. Um. So I think I was about nineteen then, eighteen, nineteen. So I'd I'd help my dad for four years on the farm. Mm-hmm. And then I'd um, I got, got this offer to go to the city um, to play cricket, and that's what it was about. And they put me on a building site, um, big building site in the city. That was my work, and they linked me up with a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first club was Souths, um, and I played the the one days for them, um, and that was my transition from the country uh, into the grade scene in Brisbane. So I got a, a little support there um, to do that. And I lived with some mates down here. And as I said, the job was found for me. They set me up pretty well as a young lad. I was pretty excited about that. Um, so I played that uh, first season with South. And I didn't play the two days. I just played the one days um, because I was in the Colts. It was a Colts team back then. It was like an under-19 side that played in the, in the two-day comp. So oh, okay. I was involved in that side. And the one days I played for the club. Okay. So the... Um, and that was a wonderful competition. It was a bunch of young blokes, like the under 19 state team it was, um, mm-hmm. that played in the grade comp. Yep. And then from there, the year after that, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really thinking here, Shaky. I should have put no, some preparation here. I think it's a long time ago. No, no, go but, for it. Go um, for it. But then that, that next year, um, 87, 88, um, then I got offered the, the, um, <clears throat> the academy scholarship down in Adelaide, the yep. first intake of the, the Commonwealth Bank Cricket Academy. Mm-hmm. And that sort of come out of the blue. I'd only been in the city one year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that come as a, quite a surprise. And basically that was 15 players from all around Australia heading to, um, heading to Adelaide and uh, spending 12 months down there working on cricket, you know, playing yep. cricket. Yeah. And look, that, that was a fantastic sort of platform to be honest, you can you can imagine just mm-hmm. coming from the from the country twelve months prior, playing a little bit of grade cricket in in uh, in Brisbane, 
and then straight down to this academy, training cricket pretty well seven days a week uh, with, you know, I think 13 of the 15 players down there had played or, or had played or were very close to playing first-class cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a, a strong bunch. We just had our 30-year reunion just last year, last November. All right, so okay. Wonderful to catch up. Yeah, wonderful to catch up with those blokes. And there's some serious cricket, you know, Stewie Law, Darren Berry, you know, Scott Prestridge, um, you know, a ton of great blokes in there. Yeah. And Joey Skidiri, another yeah. one. Um, and it was a, a fantastic squad of cricketers and fantastic, uh, fantastic blokes. So we had a cracking year down there. And then that sort of launched me a little bit into the next stage, which was... Um, I think the first games I played was against Pakistan, actually. Yeah, no, so I'm going to, I'm going to come, going to come, um, come into that. So, I mean, first thing I'm getting from that is you kind of um, you stayed out in the out in the sticks for quite a while, but then mm. when you made the move, things did start to work out, start to really move motor pretty quickly for you. I mean, you didn't have much, you didn't have, you didn't stay in Brisbane too long. You then obviously are saying you went to Adelaide, which sounds like you were in amongst some very, very talented cricketers. So you really, you know, you, the move was definitely on the sensible decision to make. If you'd probably stayed where you were, you probably wouldn't have had that development as, a, you know, as, as quick as you have had it. No, I think that's fair to say. And it, and it evolved, Shaky. It didn't sort of, um, it, it just evolved. Everything yeah. I've done, to be honest with you, has just evolved. Yeah. I, I've, never been, I've never been massively driven um, to play for Australia or coach at the highest level and anything like that. I've always been driven. It seems like a simple thing to say, but driven to do the best I can at whatever I'm doing, Shaky. That, that, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, things have just evolved for me, to be honest. And yeah. that, was, that was like the cricket. Um, yeah, no, we're, know, going to, just, we're, going to come, we're going to come into some, some more, some stuff, obviously, more over at my time, knowing you over in Scotland. But I want to touch on your career stuff as you were about to... You were, you, you, you really have your but you're not as old as you think you are, Bruno. Your brain's got your brain went any overdrive there, mate. You were you were getting all those back <laughs> If you took me back to the, to when I was in my teens now, I, I probably would need to you know, you really need to think about it because it's I, I used to remember a lot, but now it, it, it's it's hard sometimes to picture where you were when you're fifteen or sixteen or seventeen. It's so I'm impressed, mm. Bruno, I'm very impressed. Um yeah, so you had to, you, you made your kinda your your move into senior cricket, and you're right. You had uh, you had two games against a, a touring Pakistani side. Um, that must have been. I mean, what age would you have been then? Still young. Yeah, that was '88. Um, I'm not good at maths, shaky, but yeah. So you would have been you know, 20, 23, 22, 23. Yeah, something like that. I'm 53 this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And it was, it was funny. It was off the back of a couple of weeks. I was just telling the story to a mate of mine today. A couple of weeks prior to that, I had a little bit of a breakdown in, in the academy. Um, my back was giving me some and uh, I lost my way a little bit. And yep. uh, walked out of a net one day and smashed my bat against the net and went and sat out in the middle of the uh, second number two. And yep. um, yeah, just, oh, yeah, I, I was struggling with injury yep. and pretty worn out and whatnot. And then I, I sat in a, an armchair for two weeks with a guy by the name of Graham Winter and uh, did a bit of rebuilding and, and um, oh, I don't know what they call it, a bit of psycholo- you know, yep. psychology stuff and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. It was only a week or two after that, I played these couple of games for Queensland, my first games. Um, so 
it, it sort of played a big part, this sort of story in respect of my coaching. Yeah. Um, because it just it makes me realize how important, you know, the frame of mind and, you know, how, how things work mm-hmm. uh, in respect of that. And, um, you know, to have the ability to bounce back after that uh, little, little moment and uh, play those games was um, pretty special, to be perfectly honest. And um, where, 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 where were the games? Where, where were the games played? Uh, in Mackay, in Mackay, North Queensland. Okay. Um, and uh, Queensland v Pakistan, and their side was pretty amazing side when you look at it now. Um, you know, the captain by by Javed Mandad, Imran Khan, young Waka Yunus, Wasim wow. Akram. Oh, it was uh, you know oh, for a young fellow like myself. I remember and, that year, General, because um, Wazim Akram. I remember bowling at Mark Taylor in the Test, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and he was like, he was yeah. he was scary quick. So you played against that, but continue. T- tell me about tell me about those games. Yeah, then. look, we beat them on the first day, and uh, we we snuck up, and we had a good side. You know, um, Alan Border was our captain, and and you know we had, we had a a good side out, and so I felt incredibly privileged to be be involved you know what i mean as a young fella and being amongst these players it was quite well it was daunting but it was you know i was in awe of a lot of these players I'd, yeah i'd watched them on tv and whatnot so it's incredibly exciting uh i probably got a few autographs as well shaky while i was up there so you know it was uh it was a wonderful experience for me but i tell a story about it wasn't i only had about two or three hours at the back end to bat yeah it wasn't you know he come around the wicket come in into your body yeah mate I wasn't lining up I wasn't lining up it was far too quick far too quick for me so I was going I, I reckon I must have been close to the umpire I've tried to hit him over cover and um before I got into the back if the stumps were uh, on their way so uh oh. I tell that story but uh I only had a nick at shaking and probably would have been one bounce four you know what I mean? yeah so, I, bet. Uh, I bet but um no it was a great experience mate great experience and we've not touched on this yet but you would obviously general from what I know of you you were a keeper batsman. So were you keeping in those games then? Yeah, I was keeping in those games, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, Heels, uh, no, Heels must have been away somewhere or, you know, because yeah, I think he Heels was, was the number one. Ian Healy was on one. duty. I think he was probably getting ready for the for the test matches or the ODIs. Yeah. So he was, yeah. he was with the squad and you were, uh, you were brought in. You were you were in main competition when Ian Healy was away with a guy called Peter Anderson at that time. Yeah, because Ando Ando was in Adelaide the same year as I was in Adelaide oh, with the academy. Okay. okay. So we were down there. Um, so that's why I played for Queensland that same year because Ando was down in um, in Adelaide playing okay. South Australia. Ando was a you know, wonderful man and a wonderful keeper. Yeah. Fantastic, really special, and um, we still keep in touch a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, by the social media and whatnot, but uh, a tremendous keeper, Shaky. And he returned back uh, the same year I returned back to okay. Queensland. And, um, you know, Heels, Heels was uh, moving along to, down the Australian road there. Yep. And then um, sort of Ando come in in front of me there. So, um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a shame for Ando in respect of his progress because he broke his thumb keeping the Botham over in Perth. All right, okay. And um, that was a bit of a bummer for him. But, um, yeah, look, again, there's three of us in the squad at that time. And um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun training with these guys because, obviously, they're very, very good keepers. Yeah. Um, but, no, that's why I was playing there because Ando was still down south. And uh, he was, well, must have been on Oz duty, which yep. gave me the opportunity. You know, as a keeper, it's all about opportunity, Shaky. And um, 
just making sure you're ready yep. uh, when that opportunity presents. And um, it's all about timing. And uh, unfortunately, I suppose um, there's a few good keepers around that, but that's the way. Yeah, it is, mate. that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, speaking speaking of, the keepers, I, I, I just love the speaking of the keepers. Around, I just love training with these guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. speaking yeah. of the keepers around you, Ian, Ian Healy. Many say probably the best government, well, you know, best government Australia might have ever ever produced, and as a just a natural government. I mean, I was watching a bit of footage the other day, and him and stumping down the leg side, and he was just a, he was a, he was a world apart from from most other wicket keepers. Yeah, Hill's phenomenal, fantastic. Um, I, I think the thing with Hills, and I'm still very close to Hills now. You know, um, my wife actually works for Ian, oh, so right. um, yeah, and it's just down the road. So you know, we catch up uh, a little bit. Okay, and um, yeah, he his work work ethic was phenomenal, and mm. I think that's something that. Um, Obviously, you know, moved him forward quickly in respect of, you know, uh, his game. And, and uh, you know, he, he became a phenomenal keeper, Shaky. And, uh, you know, his record is, is special. Yeah. And, you know, when, you, when you're in the game that long in, and, and a keeper's a hard role to play, um, you know, not just with the gloves, too. He's a handy bat, Shaky. Yeah, no, he and, was. Um, and you know, heels. I can't speak highly enough of heels because he's he's just a great bloke, a tremendous bloke. Um, you must have learned. You must have. You must have. It must have really been amazing to. Because I'm assuming when he was back in uh, back in uh, duty for Queensland, you would do a bit of work together and do a bit. You know, but keep. You know, it must have been amazing to kind of see him close up. We, yeah, we worked a lot together um, in the squad, um, and so I was a, I was a youngster then. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose you know early twenties, but um, to, to be working with you know Peter Anderson and Ian Healy, um, no, pretty special. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? You you didn't need coaches; you just need to work with these guys, and, and yeah. that uh, that help you along the way. So um, I learned I learned a lot from them, mate. Absolutely. Moving on, Dreno. One of your highlights of your career: um, you debuted against uh, South Australia. And you scored a, a fine 74 and 124 run partnership for the seventh wicket, which is a record with uh, Greg Ritchie. Talk to me about talk to me about that. Talk to me about that day. You were obviously in a bit of trouble there, seven down. Yeah, look, I'm not sure how you define the innings, Shaky, whether you define it as a good innings or not. <laughs> I um I think it went for about seven hours, mate. I think it was about 400 balls. I don't know, but it was something crazy and probably a lot of people left the stadium and went home mate I don't know but um, yeah it certainly wasn't a, a sparkling innings that's for sure and it was it was funny because we we're playing in South Australia and remember I was in South Australia at the time I was training with these guys you know Hooksy and, and you know Sleepy and yeah and uh, you know um, Tim May and, and, and these guys you know played club cricket with Tim May yeah so I knew all these guys very very well and here I am out there I'm, I'm, you know, I've got to be careful with my language here, but I'm blocking yeah. the, you know, what out of it, uh, yeah. you know, for a long period. But, yeah. you know, the, the the game, you know, probably needed that at the time. Um, Fat Cat at the other end, you know, he is a phenomenal player. And uh, he got 100 at the other end while I uh, sort of hung in there. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we managed to get, uh, get the innings back on track, I suppose. 
And then I think we ended up taking points out the game. And, and I think all the day, I often talk about, uh, talk to Carl Rackham and I, a fair bit about this, or, or, yeah. or Carl talks to me. He says, do you know that last wicket partnership? Maybe, you know, that was a beauty, wasn't it? I said, yeah, because of you more than me. Uh, I think he got 30-odd in it. And um, I just hung in there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, look, it, it was, <clears throat> yeah, shaky. Look, I, I was probably a bit limited there, but... Um, I suppose uh, I was pretty determined, mate. I, I didn't want to give that wicket away. I got out in the first ball of the third new ball. There you go. Oh, so you went through a couple of yeah. couple of new balls. So how many balls? Did you ball face, how many balls did you face in that innings, then, Do you remember? I think I could be wrong here, Shaggy. I could be wrong. I think it was four hundred and one, but maybe does that <laughs> numbers right? Might be wrong there. No, I might be wrong. I could be wrong there, Shaky. Check it out, mate. Check it out. I could I'll, be way I'll, wrong. I'll do some, I'll do some digging, but. Put it this way: if you went through, it, if you went through two no balls, it must have been a fair fair amount of balls that you faced there. So you can't you can't you can't have been far off. <laughs> I don't so, know, but it, I think at the time it was the third slowest fifty. So I don't know whether you raised the bat for or tucked the bat. And I don't know what you do there. I don't know. I don't know if I claim that or not. So, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, look, uh, look. Uh, it, I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it, and uh, the game's changed a lot, hasn't it? The yeah. game changed a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, um, I think you would get. I and, think you uh, get chased off the pitch. I think the crowd would chase off so. the pitch now if you tried to bat that long. I think so, Shaggy. They would have run me out before then. They would have run me out. So, <laughs> yeah. Renault, but, um, sad, sad, sad to say, in the end, you only played first five first-class games. Injury was a big factor in your career. Was that was that your back again? Was that your your back injury? Mm. Was, it, was it just not something that you could? Physio or anything? Yeah. No, look, look, the story behind that, Jackie, was when I went to Adelaide in 88. Yeah. I actually hurt my back here in Brisbane before I went down uh, on the building site. Okay. So down I went to Adelaide and it was diagnosed down there. I'll never forget this. and I haven't got a great memory, but a guy by the name of Dr. Halbach, he, he diagnosed as, um, probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but anyway, he diagnosed as um, early onset of arthritis. Right, okay. And I've just got to get on with it and live with it. And, um, you know, I took a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, anti-inflammatories and, and whatnot to, to, to get through the games and, and yep. to um, try and get on the park in as good a shape as I could. And that started back in 88. And then what it actually was was a herniated disc. And the disc kept um, breaking away, I suppose, on you know, medical terms. But then I kept breaking down breaking down and then I'd rest for a bit and I'd come back uh, and play again, take a lot more drugs to get me through. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, uh, from what I remember, it, it really completely broke away and yeah. it jammed my spinal cord. And um, I was in a little bit of trouble for a couple of weeks. I was in a wheelchair for a couple of weeks and uh, couldn't walk. I remember my dad was carrying me to bed and I was a little bit messed up for, yeah. for a couple of weeks there before the operation. Uh, and it gave me a little bit of a fright, to be honest with you. Um, so then I um, I went in and had it operated on. Um, and then I come out the other end of it. Um, fantastic, mate. I was like a new person, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, had it fused and whatnot and went back to the farm. I had to go back to the farm for about five months. I had to learn to walk again. Um, I was living at, at uh, Chapel Hill over in the other side of town. And um, I had my mum with me. And she used to hold my hand. I used to walk 20 meters one day, 30 meters the next, and down to the corner. And it took me back to the farm when I could fly. And then um, 
I spent probably three or four months walking around the farm trying to get going again. Um, and then, oh goodness, as I said, I lose track of time. But I come back to play, but I never went back to, um, you know, play at the level I, I did previously. I, I got offered a coaching contract um, out in the country, mm-hmm. in the Ipswich region. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose I wasn't brave enough, Shaky, to be honest with you. You know, I don't know whether I regret it or not going back, you know, not going back and trying to play again properly. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, I loved uh, the time I went out in the country and you know, I enjoyed, you know, enjoyed playing out there, definitely. But whether I should have tried to play again uh, at the higher levels, I don't know. Uh, I chose not to. Um, and uh, that's where my coaching started, to be honest. Um, yeah. I took up this player coach role and uh, yeah, and again, not taking nothing away from the playing, but as you, once you take up a coaching role, your game starts to just take a little bit of a back seat. Yeah. And that's how it, it sort of, that's how I moved into the coaching side of things. Yeah. I, you know, I focused on the other players and the team and made sure, you know, they were prepared well and didn't give, you know, my game perhaps the attention it needed. So obviously it starts to, starts to slide a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this is the years through the mid nineties, through the nineties and early two thousands. But I was very fortunate that I was still playing overseas. You know, I was with the force and, and um, playing over there. So I was yeah, still gonna, getting you know, come, some good, come into good that, cricket over there. So what year, what year was it you headed over to Scotland? Reno? Well, look, I, I, my first trip overseas was 1990. Uh, I went over with a good mate of mine, Scott Prestridge, which is a bunch of guys from New South Wales. And I played mm-hmm. uh, in the Central Lanks League. Yeah. Uh, Milton, uh, no, no, I played um, Ribblesdale Wanderers. Okay. And the pro, oh, amateur there, the pro was uh, Gary Gary Yates. Remember the off spinner, Gary Yates, yes. Lancashire. Yeah, we're going to come on to that. Is that not the guy that was coaching the coaching the A team when we beat them? Yes, I think it was. You're 100 well, we'll right. Yes, it, it we'll was. Talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that down the line because that was quite yeah, a funny, yeah, good, quite good, a funny good day. man. But uh, so you played, you played in the Lancashire, you played in the Lancs League. How played, was that for you? Did you enjoy your time there? That that was, yeah, absolutely. So that was essential. That was Ribblesdale League. And then two years after that, '92, I went back and played for Milnrow in the Central Leagues with another mate of mine, Jeff Foley. Mm-hmm. And um, during that, that was '92. Yeah, and then '93. I think '93 was when I had the back issue I think I think that might have been perhaps may have had the op in that year and then um, 94 the reason I'm umming and are in shape because I didn't think I'd come back that quickly but maybe I can't remember now but um, 94 is when I went over again to play for Milnrow again uh, in the central lakes and I remember working in a factory down there I'll never forget it and um, a guy by the name of Dave Gilbert Lizard you remember Dave Gilbert? He played for Australia. I'm sure Lizard played for Australia. Him. I recognise his name. I yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Refresh my memory, do some research. And um, I got this call because he was working for Queensland Cricket at the time. And um, I got this call out of the blue. Um, do you know there's a job going up in Scotland? Do you fancy it? Well, you know, I, I never really wanted to be a pro shaky because I, you know, um, you know, when you're a keeper, keeper bat, you, yeah. you can't really do the job that a, a good pro wants to get a few overs out, don't they? And yeah. um, 
I thought, I'm not, I said, you know, Lizard, I, I'm, I'm happy to do it, but I want to go up there and coach, you know, I yeah. want to coach and do that sort of stuff. And I feel as though my, uh, my value will be, will be worth it. You know what I mean? Than just yeah. growing. I was uncomfortable with just growing. Yeah. So he said, no, that's what it's about. He says, um, they've, they've contacted me and they want someone to come up there and, and set up junior, a junior setup and, and, uh, you know, get, uh, get more kids involved in the game in and around the area. And uh, I thought, well, you know, that's what I'm doing here in Queensland at the time. And, uh, you know, that sounds like a real good gig. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen. So I uh, jumped in my little Vauxhall and uh, off I went. Never been, never been up there before. Yeah. And um, Dick Orkenleck, a very, very dear friend of mine, uh, met me man. at the service. He's a good man. He's a good man. Yeah, very good man. He met me at the, uh, the sort of lay-by near the BP servo on the north side of uh, Dundee. Yeah. There, and and uh, took me in and, uh, yeah, that was the start of my time at uh, the force. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's, uh, so, and there's a lot of good times there, Shaky. Yeah, no, there's there. a, it, my first memory of uh, of coming across you, Dreno, was actually playing against you. I would have been 13 maybe at the time. Um, I, t- I came to, to my first visit to Forfarshire Cricket Club. Lovely sunny day. I remember it well. Um, playing for Clydesdale. So we had your Key, Greg Williamson. Our pro at the time was a guy called Sangram Sawan. It was just the one season we had mm-hmm. him, an Indian batsman. And I'll never forget that day. As we were batting, there was this guy standing up to all the bowlers. And I'd never seen anything like this before. And you were taking stuff down the leg side. You're taking stuff. You were obviously, like you're saying, it was hard for a pro to influence a game. So you were trying to influence a game behind the wickets by trying to take a, a sharp stumping or something. But you stood up to, to all the bowlers. You actually made 70 that day as well, Dreno. You got about you know, yeah. yeah you, you ran it. You were, I remember in particular, you were really good at you were really good at running the ball down to third man. You kept running the ball down to third man, nicking mm. singles. And I only scored behind square, shake. He only scored behind square, mate. <laughs> so you know, that was my first time of seeing you. You looked like a you know a really gritty kind of cricketer to me. Um, and then I never seen you again for a couple of years, and it wasn't until you came into kind of a technical technical de- development role. With cricket Scotland, um, that you know, I started getting the getting the pleasure to work with you and started to build a relationship with you. So I mean, it was times like you came out to the HBC ICC Academy. You came out and spent a bit of time out there, and uh, so we had a bit of time out there together. I mean, that that must have been a good time for you to kind of be around other coaches. I think Big Phil Simmons was out there at that point as well. There was mm. the, Ken- the Kenyan coach, the, the Great West Indian, a, a Baptiste. I think his name was he he was there okay yeah uh, and so you know how how did you that that must have been a good experience for you as a coach to come in and bounce ideas off other coaches yeah look shaky look i, I was in scotland there oh goodness you know over a period of nine ten years and then once i moved into that full-time role in 2003 through to 2008 um i got more involved with um, the ICC and the ECC, mm-hmm. you know, the International Cricket Council, European Cricket Council. Um, and I think Richard Doan was in charge then, right. of the yeah. high performance program. Yeah. And the opportunities that um, 
you know, were available um, at that time. And through all my time over there, man, I loved it over there as a coach. Yep. There were so many um, diverse opportunities. You know, although I was working in Scotland, um, you might get an opportunity. I did some workshops in Denmark and, you know, across in, in, in the Netherlands, even before I went there yep. uh, full time. Mate, I was uh, spent a lot of time in, uh, in the UK uh, or in England, sorry, down there in and around the, you know, the counties. And, you know, so much opportunity for, for a coach over there. So I, I loved it. And then you're talking about getting down to, we spent that time down in South Africa, wasn't it? Down at those yeah, camps yeah. down in South Africa. Um, Pretoria, that's right. So, you know, South Africa became a, a very accessible place for us to, to take players and prepare players. And I, I continued on with that after, after my involvement in Scotland with the Netherlands, mm -hmm. because I think it's a wonderful place to go and, uh, you know, train and, and play cricket mm -hmm. uh, facilities, you know, the way they go about it. And like you said, rubbing shoulders with some of those coaches. Um, and, and, you know, to be honest, Jakey, back then, I was still a, a young coach learning the ropes. Yeah. Um, I'm still learning now. But, you know, I was really, um, oh, yeah, taking it all in and, and, and watching how these guys go about it. And um, it, it was a wonderful opportunity. You're dead right. Yeah. To, um, and, and I got very close. You were doing, a, fair, you were doing a fair close. few laps. You were doing a fair few laps in the pool, I remember. You used to go fairly what that. You fairly used to get your lens done in that swimming pool. Yeah, look, look, that that started from my back, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a runner. I yeah. hate running, and I had to do something to, you know, to help the back, and and uh, that was uh, suggested to me. I'm no swimmer, mate, but uh, I still try and do a bit now, just to try and stay in shape and keep yeah. the back mobile. Um, but that uh, that's what the swimming's about. Uh, it's a bit cold here now, shaky to get in the pool. <laughs> so, have you got a pool? Is that that's like a given? Yeah, right? just here, mate. Oh, yeah, it's, just, it's just here. Oh, it's just day. here. So, um, happy no, very, very fortunate, mate. Very fortunate. We live in a beautiful, uh, a beautiful place in the world, and and uh, I've got a very, very nice place here, close to the city. Um, just three k's from the city, so um, got quite a big yard. I've got an eight hundred block and a big yard for the kids to run around. I've got a cricket net in the backyard, and I've got a oh, soccer brilliant. net in the backyard. Um, yeah, so you know, it just gives the kids an opportunity to. Do a bit of stuff, so oh, well, no, nah, very fortunate. Good mate. Stuff, very good fortunate. Stuff. So, you made the right decision, I think, going back over there. Otherwise, they would have been cooped up inside most of the most of the year if you'd stuck if you'd stayed over in, in sunny Scotland. But just just going back to just going back to Forfarshire, I know um, a few boys. I'm still friends with a few boys now um, from Forfarshire. Yeah. One boy in particular who came through kind of junior ranks for me was Umair Muhammad. And I know he talks really highly of your time at Forfarshire. You had a massive, massive influence. I don't know if you did a bit of work with Craig Wallace as well, who's, who's now coming through mm. as a super batsman and looking like a, a talent, you know, a, a potential real talent for Scotland moving forward. Do you remember working with these guys? Very much, Shaky. very much. Look, my days at the Forks, mate, wonderful memories, mate. Wonderful memories. There was about seven or eight young players um, that sort of come through all together and they become very, very close mates. And yeah. I remember when I was leaving, um, they come and we had a, a get together. I can't remember exactly where that was, but they were all there and they presented uh, myself and Lindsay um, with this little Scottish jersey. It was about this big. I had one. Um, I, I left to go to the Netherlands in uh, late 2007. Yeah. And, and my, well, might have been early 2008. Yeah. Okay. And my first son was born on the 24th of December, 2007. 
So I mean, right. he was only he was only you know quite new. So yeah. um, they brought me this little Scotland uh, rugby jersey, and it was about this big, yeah. and uh, presented it to us. And you know, that was that was a relationship we had. You know, these lads didn't have to do that. Now growing into young men at this stage, yeah, as you can imagine. Um, and you know, that was uh, I had them from 2004, so that was six and seven. That's 13 years. Yeah. So I had Craig Wallace from, from uh, four. He was with me from four, uh, yeah. age four. Yeah. He was literally stocking. His older brother, Andrew, was a little taller and sort of different build. And young Craig, yeah. he used to get in there and mix it. I remember he was always a tough, tough cookie. Yeah. And he was always that determination and that real will. He, he had it, you know. And, um, yeah, so I had him, you know, I don't know, I don't know, three, four years. But he four years old, he started with me. Um, there at the fourth, I think, around about then. And uh, Umi, Robert Cannon, John Finlay, Hal J, um, <clears throat> Dean Ferns, you know, the, the, this bunch of guys. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Um, I'm going to miss one or two and I feel bad. I hope they're not listening. But yeah. um, Neil Martin. But all these guys uh, I got very close to, you know what yeah. I mean? And I just... Uh, we used to go away to this quick cricket tournament, Shaky, around Scotland. Yeah. And we used to pile in the parents, used to get them all in the cars and away we'd go to Stirling, Arbroath or wherever it was. And um, I think I started a little tournament in and amongst the clubs up there, you know, Meagle and, and Arbroath and, and um, Strathmore and whatnot. And, um, you know, we, we create these little competitions and all the boys used to get to play together. And, and um, you know, so they had their foundation of, of the game, I suppose. Yeah. And... You know, it was a lot of a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and um, a lot of fun for me as a young coach. And it's fantastic to see them come through. And Umi, Umi's done tremendous, hasn't he? He's uh, he's he's got a beautiful beautiful wife and and, and youngster now. And he's yeah. he had a wonderful year leading leading the force last year, winning right. everything. That's I think. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you must. You know, be, so it's good to see that you're still you're still following it, General, because you must be quite proud. I mean, Craig Wallace has gone on to be a, a, a you know. Full international now. He's a cap player. Probably still knocking, chapping it. Probably not completely cemented his place in the side, but he's he's certainly chapping, chapping the door. Umi very successful. Forfarshire taking the titles last year. They won pretty much everything. Um, so you must be, you know, there's a lot of lot of, lot of credit goes to you as well for you know being part of their upbringing. I know from talking to them, especially Umi, who I'm still still in touch with. He always talks very highly of his of his time working with you. I think you gave him his his only cap as well. I think you he played he came into the national team when he when he finally found that that those little medium paces were probably mm. not going to take his career very far. He started bowling mm. that that very you know probably was the biggest turner of the ball in Scotland at that point. Maybe not yeah. as good yeah. as Matty with control, um, but he would turn it big. And you gave him his opportunity to come into the national team. I think it was in the European Championships. Um, so. Yeah, so you know, great times. I want to move into to my time working with you, which was, in particular, we had got um, we had been allowed to be included into the second eleven actual championship trophy. Mm. Um, so it wasn't just mm. going down and playing against a friendly against a second team, who you would get licorice all sorts turning up to play against you. We were playing in an actual championship, and let's be honest, most of the sides we played against were probably seventy five percent a first team. And then a small percent, mm. you know, 30% mm. second team. So I remember we played our first game against Derbyshire. I don't know if you remember this. We got, we got bullied by Derbyshire. 
I mean, I remember getting bowled off my, it hit me in the arm, I walked off my arm, feeling like it was hanging off, and I'll never forget, I thought my arm was ready to fall off, and as I came off, you were just laughing at me, and I was a bit upset with you at that point, and you were just like, ah, oh, shaky, you know, is your arm falling off, is it needing amputated, and I was like, you know, leave me alone, my arm's in serious, about half an hour later, I realised my arm was actually fine, you know, just a nasty bruise. And I'll never forget, you kind of you took us into the changing room after that game and you were just like, right, you're going you're gonna to need to toughen up. I mean, you had a very good core of players there. I mean, there was myself, Majid Hack, Omar Hussein, mm. Richie Berrington, um, mm. you know, that's just to name a few, Gregor Maiden, Simon Smith, you know, lots of, Stephen Knox was still playing, playing for our team, mm. and Neil McRae, who was still involved with the setup. And you, you gave us a bit of a stern talking to and just said, look, you know, that was... That was, you know, you, you got bullied there, and you know, if you're gonna, if we're gonna compete. You know, you need to toughen up. And I remember we came down to play Lancashire, Alderley Edge. I think it was, I think it was two games later. We played Knots in between, and we performed a little bit better against Knots, but we got, we got, we got mm. a bit of a hiding again. We came down to play a very strong Lancashire team at, at Alderley Edge. Do you remember? Do you remember that game? No, I remember one game. I'll let you go about this one. I, I reckon it was... I know what game you'll remember. We, we can talk about, we can talk about that we, one after. We, we got done over there, Shaky. Yeah, we, we done them there. We got done over. Yeah. We played Lancashire the game before, Drino, and we bowled them out in the first innings for around, I think it was about 2.80. And um, we went out to bat. And that was a bit, probably a very, one of my proudest days playing for playing for my country. I scored, a, scored 110 in the first innings mm -hmm. for Scotland. Um, we got a bit of a lead, and then it was just a, it was just a great game. It went down to the wire. End of the day, day three, and you know we we won the game pretty much right at the end of day three. We sang "Oh Flower of Scotland" in the changing room. I don't what, what you maybe remember is Richie Berrington had taken ill, so he was in the changing room. And yeah. Did I have to leave? Did I have to take? I I left the game shaky. That was. I had to take someone to hospital or someone to the Neil doctor. McCray. That was you, Neil McCray. You got someone. Was it? Because yeah. someone got 100 or batted for ages whilst I was away. They kept batting. They did so well. So Yeah, was that the next game? Okay, so beat, sorry. Yeah, no, you, you, so we beat Lanks, which, but what I remember about the Lanks game is your mate there that you were talking about, Mr. Yates. We yeah. used to travel most of the time together. I used to drive down with you. I used to share a bit of driving with you. We used to go up and down, up and down that motorway, you know, constantly. We were, we were away every, pretty much every week for about six weeks. Was that that was in the Jag, wasn't it? That's that when was the, the Jag, yeah. Cricket Scotland had the had so, the sponsorship so with the Jag. <laughs> we got into the Jag and we pulled up to kind of the junction to leave to get on the motorway. And Yates was it Gary Yates? He pulled up Gary and you and you kind of gave and he said, "Drano, you boys, I'm telling you." Um, and it was actually interesting that I'd said to you, Drano, "Can you try and have a word with him because I want to? I would like to try and get into a county now." Mm. And you know, I'm getting a couple of yeah. runs here. And you contacted him, and he did. We, we, we had some conversations back and forward, but he was very honest with me and had told me that, look, we've just, Lancashire have just signed Mataya Muralithera, and we've got, you know, high-profile players. They're more putting their investment into the academy players coming through. They're just not, contracts are few, few and far between. Mm. Unfortunately, it didn't go anywhere. But then we moved forward into probably one of the famous games. We played Yorkshire down at Stamford Bridge. Now, Yorkshire again turned up with a star-studded team, flat track. I think they hit us for 400 on day one. I came on to bowl in that game about seventh change, managed to get a few, a few poles. And, you know, we were thinking, oh, we're getting, we're getting battered here. 
we came out to we came out to bat. Um, we did okay. Uh, myself and Neil McCray. Neil McCray got fifty. I got ninety-seven. Got out just at the end. But the time that you remember is Neil McCray got hit in the head of Ajmal Shazad flush into the side of the head. Okay. So you left the ground with Neil McCray. Yeah. Took him to hospital, and the brave man that Neil McCray is, he came back and went out to bat for us at the end again, probably for about another half an hour, 45 minutes, to kind of get mm. our score back on. But do you remember that then, you, you know, taking taking Macker up to the to the hospital? No, I do, absolutely. And I remember us hanging in, hanging in, and there was something to do with light. And then they got one last over in or something shaky, so, so and they shouldn't have, or something happened. Yeah, so, so what ends up happening, Bruno, is we, get, we, get, we, we have to follow on in the first innings, we go out to bat and we're like 20 for five, second innings. And Ross Lyons and Omar Hussein get hundreds. Out of nowhere, yeah, we're, like seven, right. we're like seven or eight rounds. <laughs> Ross Lyons gets 100, Omar gets 100, and we get a lead of about 170. And we basically, in the last day's play, had, Lang- had Yorkshire in a bit of trouble. We had them about six or seven down, and you're right. Yeah. I was bowling, I was controlling things in the last hour that we bowled 17 overs, and that was it. If we had yep. only bowled the 17 overs, it would have been a drawn match. But the umpire right. was getting really upset with me. Kept calling me over and saying, you need to keep, you need to bowl another over. And I said, oh, I don't need to bowl another over. And he forced us to bowl another over. It's the angriest I've ever seen you as a coach because they got uh, the runs in that 18th over. We walked off the pitch. Another thing that happened in that game was, general. the end of day two, their coach and their team had a real pop at us and they were saying stuff like to the groundsman, can we get this wicket for a net tomorrow when the game finishes at lunchtime? And we used that, I remember, to really get, you know, get wound up and say, we'll see, we'll see yeah. about that. But me and you, you called me in, you took me to the side and you went, why did you bowl the 18th over? And I said, I didn't have any choice. The umpire was forcing me to bowl it. And you went, right, come with me. We marched around the back. You had a chaff at the umpire's <laughs> door. And you were like, That's, you, 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 you're a cheat. You've cheated us here today. You know, it's not, and the, and the guy knew it. He knew it. I can't, he's, he, actually, I bumped into him a few times since, but he, he did us wrong that day. Oh, we'd done the numbers. I'd done the numbers. And uh, I, I knew what was required, Shaky, and you'd done it perfectly. Yeah. So I, 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 I can't believe, I wouldn't have called anyone a cheat, Shaky. I don't know about I, that. I, I, believe, I, I believe I was upset, yes. Yeah, slightly, slightly, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> yeah. right well, I think, book. you know, after... After, you know, the effort that the boys had put in, you know, that, that, that was phenomenal. And I only seen, I got back, I remember I got back when I think Ross was on about 96, 92, 94, 96, somewhere in that. So I saw him get his 100 and, and uh, Omar getting 100, which, you know, he was a special talent. You know, I had so much time for Omar and, um, you know, still got plenty of time for him. But I mean, you know, as a player, he was a phenomenal player, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and Ross, you know, you wouldn't expect a hundred from Ross. Yeah. And you know, for them two to step up to the plate, you know, against a good side under pressure, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that's what probably angered me so much is just the commitment, the effort that the boys had put in. They didn't deserve that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably what what I was so disappointed about. Um, yeah, we, we deserve well, the boys deserve better out of that game, definitely. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I went on. I went on to play club cricket with a few boys that played for Yorkshire that day. They had a leg spinner called Mark Lawson, 
and a couple of their boys got basically fined um, and action was taken against them by Yorkshire after that because I don't know if you remember, they kept calling us nine to fives and you boys are just nine to five. Yeah. And after that, a couple of them basically got, they got into a bit of trouble and there was a nice moment as well. Mark Wood it was, who played quite a bit of cricket for, for Yorkshire one day yeah. in Manchester. Yeah. He came into our changing yeah. room and he, he commended our efforts and, and, and you know applauded us and said, you boys are a, a really good cricket team and you should be proud of what you've, you've done in these last three days. So, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a it was a tough pill to swallow and we were all pretty gutted. But what a great game of cricket it was. I mean, we should, you know, the boys showed, a, boys showed a lot of heart in that game. Mm. You as coach, you know, brought certainly brought the best out of me as a cricketer. Um, I really, you know, enjoyed working with you at that time. And you're, where you improved me as a, co- as a coach was the mental side of the game. You didn't really... I was never the most technically correct batsman. There was a lot of little technical faults in my, in my game. But one thing I had was a strong mind, and a, a lot of that came from that time working with you, Adrenal, because, you know, to go on and get hundreds like that against county opposition and go on and get a couple of hundreds from a country, national team honours, I, I give a lot of that credit to you because you were all about, you've got to be tough, you've got to, you've got to get through these tough times, these tough moments. And I certainly, um, you know, appreciate the time that I spent with you during that time. Unfortunately, we'll go on to talk. You, you went on to get the national team job. Which um, which I was I was over the moon to to, to hear, um, and you never ever you never ever threw the caps out either. I mean, I used to be moaning at you every drive down the road, saying, "Drennell, when am I getting my chance? When am I getting my chance?" And you were saying, "Just just just keep knocking the door, just keep knocking the door." Two thousand and seven World Cup, you took Scotland out to the to the Caribbean. Now, this is coming towards kind of the time where you're. Your, your relationship with Scotland was, was coming closer to the end. Um, it wasn't a very successful campaign. I'm sure you'll be honest enough to, to say, don't get me wrong, you got drawn against two very tough, tough teams in Australia and <laughs> South Africa. Um, but talk to me about the whole experience, the squad, and you, you, you know what you felt going into that tournament. Well, look, it was an interesting period, Jackie, because it, it, that, that sort of period started for me back in 2006. I got married in 2006. I was back here in yep. Australia and I got the call from Roddy Smith um, and said, um, you know, Andy Moles was a coach at that point and, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they were moving down a different road there with the coach and uh, Roddy rang me and said, uh, I was technique director, I think, at that time and he said, would you... Uh, be interested in stepping up to the national job, and you know I didn't give it any thought. I wasn't on that again. As I said earlier, my my, my coaching career has evolved. I was not on a not on a, a pathway or a mission to coach the Scotland national team. Um, not at all. I was just you know doing my job, doing the best I could, and then I got this call from Roddy, and uh, yeah, okay, yeah, what's it involved? And and, and we had that conversation and. 2000, March 2006, across to Barbados, we went and prepared over there for that 2007 World Cup. And look, that year, 2006, we had a pretty good time of it. And then uh, January 2007, um, Nairobi, uh, I think, um, T20 yeah, qualification, yeah, first, first, two, first T20. Okay, um, we, we qualified. So I think we snuck home. I think we might have stuck ahead of Ireland there. Yeah. Um, they were always our, our competitors, obviously. And um, it was the first time, um, I think it's the first T20, and we'd qualified for it down in South Africa. And that was in January. And then um, 
it was a World Cup in March, I think. The World yeah. Cup in, or it was later in the year, I can't remember. But then away we went to the World Cup. So, you know, we'd had quite a bit of success leading up. So we're in reasonable shape. Um, obviously a different format. Um, but then we were going into the into the fifties for this two thousand and seven World Cup and, and it wasn't a good tournament, mate. We, we preparation was fine and whatnot. Um but no, we, we didn't play very well. And um yeah, it, it was a shame for, for whatever reason. Um the opposition was strong, but our game that we, we should have performed better in was against the Dutch. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, we, we were yeah, we didn't play very well, no doubt about it. So it was a poor tournament. Um, and then off the back of that, um, you know, I come home and I did a full report and I felt that, you know, um, there was a need to obviously once you have a, a phase, um, where you may deem as, you know, not as successful as you wanted it. Um, although, you know, as I said, six months earlier, we had a pretty good time. Um, you know, you've got to look, you've always got to look and see where improvement can be made and if there needs to be changes made. Um, so I laid it out there that I felt that there should be some some consideration given to to changes uh, moving forward, and we should look at the introduction of a few younger players, perhaps. Um, and young Richie Barrington was knocking on the door then, I think, and obviously you know yourself, and there was a few players about, and, and um, just thinking of Richie, then Richie just had his first kid. Sorry to diverse yeah, there, yeah. but uh, many many congrats to Rich. It was wonderful, exciting for him. Beautiful. He's still um, he's still undecided. He's still not announced a name, John. I don't know if you remember Richie well, but it's, really. bloody, it's bloody hard to get him to make a decision on anything. So I, I I messaged him the other day saying, I take it it's you that's delaying the name, and he said, Yeah, mate, you know me, you know me too well. Richie, a tremendous fella and a good cricketer. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won't we won't tell stories about Richie, but he's a good <laughs> cricketer. Um, but um, yeah. So a- anyway. Um, yeah, off the back of that report and and, and uh, maybe the suggestion of change, um, it wasn't received all that well, I don't think, um, by certainly some of the players moving forward. And look, Jakey, to be honest, looking back on it, I learned a lot from that time, uh, post-World Cup, and I, I would have done things perhaps differently, you know, looking back. And um, I, I talk about that period in Scotland when, um, yeah, um, I suppose I, I got the got the boot there and uh, was asked to to move on and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's always difficult, you know, when, when, when a coach, you know, loses his position and that's what coaching's about, isn't it? You know what I mean? Um, So, but it's also very disappointing at the time and, and yeah, I was gutted. You know what I mean? I I, I love Scotland. I felt I was very close to the players and, and, you know, close to my squad and I, I valued them you know, and all that sort of stuff. So to hear that, you know, there are a few that perhaps weren't happy, I, you know, I was pretty pretty devastated, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Um, but, you know, reflecting back on that, you know, years gone by, as I do now, I yep. think, well, I've, I've taken a lot out of that. I learned, I, 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 I handled, I'd handle things a little differently. Yep. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good phase for me as far as uh, building, uh, building me as a coach and, 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 and you know, me learning yep. uh, more about, um, how to go about things. Um, look, Shaky, back then, I, I was probably a little bit too too um, uh, blinkered or yeah. a little bit, you know, my way, the highway, or, yeah. you know, this is it. And, you know, we're all different, aren't we? We're all yeah. different. And, and, and um, 
you know, respecting the individual and, and what the individual brings to the table is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and, and accepting, accepting, you know, those for who they are. And, I've, you know, I've got a saying that you've got to get to know the person before you can coach the player. Yeah. And um, I think back then, that time, I didn't do that very well. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I took a lot out of that experience, as hard as it was at the time, um, and transferred that, hopefully, moving forward into my other jobs. And um, I'd like to think that, you know, I'm, I'm a bit better for that experience, to be honest. Yeah. No, good. I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about, you know. You've obviously, you, you can assess things as you go along, but at the time, it's hard to, when you're in the situation, it's, uh, it, I can totally relate to you on that, like early days of captaincy and stuff like that. I was definitely not the captain I, I can be now because I was quite, you know, this is how I'm going to do it and that's it. But you do, you need to, mm. to get the best out of people. You need to learn how to, you know, somebody's character might be a little bit different than another guy's character. So you need to learn mm. to adjust things. So it obviously, you know, the experience stood you in good stead because somebody, you know, the Dutch, Dutch seen something in you. They obviously seen something they liked. Um, and you, one door closed and another door opened um, and you made the move from Scotland over to the, over to the, over to the Netherlands. Um, obviously, you were uprooting at that point your family, young son as well at that time, one, one child, so off you went out. How was that for you as a family and everything to make that, to make that move? Um, look, it was quite significant, to be honest. Uh, we'd obviously spent quite a lot of time in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, me starting back there in 94, um, meeting my wife there, and obviously her parents were there. Yeah. So, you know, to, to take her away, although it was just across the water, it wasn't too far, it's still, yep. you know, it was away from, from the parents. So it was quite a significant move. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I had good help from a, from a very dear friend of mine, Roland Lefebvre, who we became very, very close and he helped me with that transition and the move. But um, I suppose it was fantastic because it wasn't that big move like back to Australia then, Shaky, because, you know, we'd only been a couple of years or a year married and, you know, it's still very early on. Um, so just to move away to, to the Netherlands was a good thing, a good yeah. thing, you know. Um, the move had been made, but it, it wasn't significant because, you know, there was only an hour flight and whatnot. We could go backwards and forwards. And, you know, we both had a lot of dear friends and still have, obviously, in in the UK. Um, and, you know, as I said, it was easy for us. I could still, um, I, I was in the process or I think I finished it just my level four course. I started in 2006. I finished that in 2008. So, you know, I was still going back and forwards. I was doing uh, more personal development development you know different uh add-ons to the level four so i could shoot across there so there, there was still um so many links uh between um the uk and where we we're going in the netherlands and then the netherlands were obviously playing in the county uh competitions yeah. so again i was across the water often catching up with sort of old friends and whatnot very very often and uh you know it, it was a good move it, it was an exciting move for me mm-hmm. um Having, as I said, just learnt from my previous experience, I felt I was probably a little better equipped, had a few more skills um, to go into this new role, and um, I was I was really excited about it. Uh, I had an older squad when I was moving into the the role in Holland, so um, 
you know, my job with the, the... I had two teams in Holland, you know what I mean? The first three years was under the guidance of Jurgen Smits, you know, a very dear friend and a wonderful captain, a wonderful leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, as a senior team, you know, the Edgar Shifley's, the Darren Rikas, and, you know, there's some older players, the Baz Uterans, and these guys have been around the block quite a bit before yeah. I landed. Yeah. So they knew, they knew how to go about things. Uh, my job was really, really made very easy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jeroen, he, he worked the team, he, he, he controlled the team. Uh, he managed his players extremely well. Um, and you talk about a, oh, you know, a determined, um, you know, leader. Mm-hmm. Jeroen was wonderful. You know, was incredibly that, was competitive. That, he, was a nightmare to, he was a nightmare to play against. God, I didn't like playing against him. He always <laughs> he had a real knack to wind you up with, with behind the stumps. Um, obviously, General, you went into, you know, a, a, an amazing time. Um, as you say, it was quite. It's nice to hear. It was quite an easy transition. But, you know, the senior players obviously welcomed you. Sometimes you can maybe experience a bit of a. You know, you might be under a bit more pressure when you go into playing with you know coaching senior players because they might be really quite judgmental to you. Put you under. But it sounds like you know you were you were welcomed in and allowed to flourish in the role. And that obviously, you know, got to be the highlight of your career, which came in the 2009 T20 World Cup. Um, you led the Dutch team into a, into a game against England at Lords. Now we all remember what happened that day, but you obviously defeated England um, at Lords. Talk to me about talk to me about that day and, and the emotions that you felt. I mean, it's got to be got to be right up there. Oh, shaky. Yeah, look, incredible day. Um, we had a song. Oh, I suppose I'll start from the start. But, um, you know, again, very fortunate to have the squad was a super squad. Great bunch of blokes and, and quite experienced. Uh, we had some county boys in there with, with Tendo and, and uh, you know, young Alexa Cavazzi. So, yeah. Baz Zuder and, you know, the guys have been around the block. So, um, so the experience was great to have. Dirk Nenners. Yeah, that's right. Board. Yeah, you picked them up for that tournament. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Dirk brings experience as well. And, and he was and a pace. great guy. Oh, pace, serious pace. Yeah. Um, I tell a story. I tell a story. We were training at um, the world's such a small world, the cricket world in particular. Um, we were training at a school in London there for this tournament. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the school, but anyway. Um, and a guy who was helping us on the, on the day, just you know, logistically, mm-hmm. uh, it was his school. He was coaching at the school was a guy by the name of Andre Berger. Okay. Now, I work every day here beside Andre Berger here in Brisbane now. Wow. At the same school. Uh, amazing. Um, anyway, that day, Dirk, um, I don't need, you know, I knew of Dirk Dennis, but I'd only just, uh, I'd met him a day or two earlier and delighted yep. to have him on board. Yeah. And uh, I said, Dirk, uh, you know, first training run. What do you want, mate? What, what, what do you want? He says, I'll just bowl a dozen balls if that's all. Is that all you need? A dozen? I said, yeah, yeah. A dozen balls, that's fine. That's all I need. You can have a bat. No, no, I'll just bowl a dozen balls. Okay. You know, where do you want to bowl them? He says, uh, I'll just bowl them in here. There's a centre wicket there. Okay, what do you want? You want someone obviously to meet them and whatnot? I'll meet them because I'm trying to build a bit of a relationship with this new player who's just come on board. Yeah. So I get my mitt on and out I go. And um, he says, uh, I threw him a couple of older balls. He threw them back to me. Mm. And he says, you got new ones? Oh, I said, yeah, I've got a new one. I'm going to get a new one. Yeah, fair enough. 
got new ones. Oh, I thought he was just going to idle in. You know what I mean? I'll be okay here. Oh, goodness. Jake, it's as close as I've been to getting killed, I think, mitting the ball. <laughs> oh, I could mid okay, but mate, he was seriously quick, Jake. New yep. rock, ball moving, yep. and I'm trying to line up the first one. I yep. just got, and I thought, okay, I've got to be careful here. I'm in a, yep. I'm in a bit of trouble. Here. Yep. 11 balls to go. <laughs> so I went back a few yards and, oh, goodness. Those 11 balls, mate, were, were frightening for me. I'm trying, yeah. you know, I probably could have been better with two hands, but it, it, he was seriously quick. And uh, anyway, he added he added so much uh, value to our environment. And uh, I just saw him last year. He was commentating at one of the girls' games. Yeah. And uh, it was so nice. It was so nice because he um, he recognised me. I obviously recognised him, yeah. but he recognised me, which I didn't expect. And uh, he said, Drino, how are you going? He was just, just about to talk on the TV. Yeah. And uh, I okay, you going? And, you know, it was fantastic to catch up. And he says, you know, you know that's been the best day of cricket in my life that day. Wow. And I thought, wow, you know, that's that's pretty. You know, he's played IPA, he's done it all, hasn't he? You know. Yeah, yeah. I thought, wow, you know, that's pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, yeah. So look, you know, we um, I remember going for the stretch in the morning, shaky early. You know, it's it's a funny day when you're playing late in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a hard day to prepare for. When you got so much emotion, first game of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went for the walk, and uh, we did a strange thing in the middle of the day. We tried to learn the national anthem. That was pretty weird. Um, and uh, we, we got quite a few boys in there. <laughs> you know, weren't uh, Dutch born and bred. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so we went through that, and then away we went down to the ground. Uh, and you know, something we went down the ground in a certain tie. You know, and. It was a really nice feeling, you know. We're dressed up and and uh, in our, I suppose, formal gear, and I copped a bit of jip for some of this, you know, getting the boys dressed in the old shirt and tie at times when we're going to World Cups. I thought it was, yeah, I just thought it, you know, it, it looked apart. Yeah. So I thought, well, we're going to Lords, you know, let's get the shirt and tie, and and we went down there, and you feel a bit, you know. No, I like. Uh, I, I certainly yeah. like it. I mean, especially at Lords, you would have looked apart turning up. You mean business? Yeah. You're only going to be in the only going to be in the outfit for a short period of time, and then you'll get into your warm-up gear. But no, I think it looks, I think it looks good to turn up like that. So I, you know, I can see where you're coming from. But yeah, maybe yeah, something felt so, like you were being a bit, a bit uh, private school on them. Yeah, a little bit over top, perhaps. But anyway, look, that was that, and, and down we went, and um, it was it was a funny day because it was wet, and um, oh, look, from what I can remember, we 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 had to warm up out on the nursery, and uh, that was fine. Uh, we were only limited uh, usage on the main oval. Um, and then it was, you know, the start of the tournament, they had the, all the hoo-ha going and they pulled that off. They didn't do it because of the rain. And so it was all a little bit sort of disjointed. It was really quite hard preparation. Um, but in the end, the guys were, the guys were ready and um, away they went. Again, I just can't sort of acknowledge our skipper enough. You know, he's the man that, um, you know, us coaches, you know, we, we try and do the best we can in the preparation and cover a few bases, but mate, it's all about the players. The players got to get it done on the day. And, and, uh, um, these boys, you know, they went out there and, you know, we were behind the eight ball for the first 10. I think we were getting a little bit pummeled there. They were 100 off 10 and, uh, you know, to restrict them for 60 off the next 10 was something pretty special from our boys. Mm-hmm. Um, one, six, two, one, six, three. And then, uh, the, the halftime break was interesting. You know, the skipper got in there and he stood up on the table in the in the in the dressing room and uh, he commanded the troops and he says, "We're in this, boys. We're in this." 
and I remember Big Darren Reek is putting his arm around me. And, you know, he he was up here, and I'm down here, and he says, uh, "Trino, Trino, I'm shitting myself, Trino." I said, oh, "I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. So you don't have to worry." <laughs> so I, uh, you know, it was just a great occasion for us. And um, out he went, and he he got the tone going. He played a couple of big shots, and uh, he. Um, I hope I shouldn't use that language on here, shaky, but that's that's what he said. And uh, and um, you know, they had the music playing there. Oh, God, shaky, I'm not a, a music person, but um, I think it's Kings of Leon and the song. Yeah. Um, anyway. Whenever that song comes on now, it's just it brings back those memories, and that was cranked up, and and the guys just just the buzz, the emotion in that dressing room was just something. I probably never experienced it again. Yeah. Um. And then away we went, and I went from the bench to the room to the bench to the room, and I come back up, and we needed sixty. You were quite and, a nervous uh, watcher. I, I remember back. you. You were quite a nervous watcher. Yeah. <clears throat> not not good, shaky. Not good. And I'm sitting in the back of the bench there, and. We were moving the back order around a bit. Uh, we were keeping Tendo back a bit. And uh, yeah, so there's a few things going on, but uh, we thought we had it under control to a point. And I went up in the dressing room, had to go for a quick quick walk. And uh, here's Dirky Nenner's up in the corner there. <laughs> so, so funny. I said, Dirky, what are you doing? He said, mate, I can't watch. I can't watch. And uh, he was tucked away in the corner of the dressing room. And um, back I come again. And uh, look, yeah. I, I'm not a good watcher, Shaky. So yeah. I try and stay away from the players as best I can. The last thing they need is my my uh, excess sort of energy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, you do your best to stay calm in and around the environment, but uh, that was a pretty big occasion. Yeah. And I remember my good mate, Andy Lawson, saying to me, um, we're, we're about 60 out. And he says, uh, we could rock the cricket world here. That's yeah. what he said to me. That's what he said. And we're about yeah. 60 out. Good man. And, uh, I remember him well. It, I remember him yeah. well. Great, great man. Yeah, good man. And he said that to me. And I just I just sat there shaky. I yeah. sat there. And then, as I said, we had to make a few more decisions with that order. Um, and then, you know, you know, Tommy DeGroat played the innings of his life. Um, and then Dan Van Bunger, he only got 12 or 14, but just two or three magnificent cricket shots. Pete Boren put that one into the second tier yeah, over mid-wicket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, just, you know, the, the no-fear approach, yeah. you know, the willingness to take the game on. Um, I was in awe of these players. I think, gee whiz, you know, this is pretty special. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, mate, in the end, it was pretty wild. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, you tend to I'll probably say you should have got it done a bit earlier. We didn't have a particularly good last over. Yeah. Um, but look, in the end, who cares, eh? You know, yeah, Stuart, was, Stuart Broad uh, certainly was, probably needed to work on his 10-pin bowling skills after that one where he missed those stumps at the end. And it was just all happening. I mean, it was it was such a such a such a moment. I mean, I remember watching it, it live and it was uh what a moment. I mean, the emotions, you you'll probably never get that that kind of emotion again in your in your life of that, you know, just being in that occasion, Lord's cricket ground, opening game of the World Cup. Um, and I think um, you inspired a lot of people that day. The Dutch, you know, the Dutch really did. They, they really inspired people far and wide with what they achieved against England. And I'll never forget the faces of the England players. I mean, they were, they were shell-shocked. <laughs> they did not know. They didn't know what, they didn't know. They probably turned up thinking this will just be a, you probably felt that as well, seeing them in the seeing them in your eyes. They probably thought this will just be a, you know, get ourselves into this tournament. Nice, nice little, nice wee victory over the Dutch. Get, get ourselves into the, into, get into I the think, 
some of their selections, Shaky, were, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, interesting, uh, right. you know, for that particular game, which, you know, you don't want to read too much into that. But, you know, that, that day before, though, you know, and I credit to our boys, um, you know, Broad, remember Broad was coming around the wicket going across? Yeah, that's right. And that was his tactic through that tournament. He was bowling white line across coming around. That's you know, right. we set up a bowling machine the day before. We set up a bowling machine. We had it going across. We had it going across. We had every batsman going through there working on it. Yeah. So, you know, credit to the boys. They just, uh, you know, they'd done their work. Um, you know, and, and um, yeah, you know, they they deserve to get it done that night. They 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 played uh, they played really well. So uh, it, it was a special day, special day for everyone. And uh, yeah, mate, you know, it uh, hangs on my wall here that day. Um, never forget it, mate. Were you part of the pit? Were you part of the pitch invasion? Were you on that? Were you? No, on I, Shaky, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I stood there. I was I was in the line. Yeah. But then when they won, everyone shot off. But yeah. I stayed. Loss went. Loss was off. And um, I stayed. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And um, it was a bit weird, eh? It was a bit weird. And uh, no, so I, I was a bit back in the, in the, in the run on. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I I had my time with. Uh, each and every one of them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, no. It was, as I said, I, I didn't know what to do. It, it was. Yes. You know, I don't think a coach runs on the field, do they? I don't know. I didn't know what to do. But uh, yeah. I, that night, that night, Jakey, um, we were there till midnight, eh? and um, the staff, the staff at the ground was so special. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, <clears throat> we were in the room for a long time. The attendant was just brilliant. I said, "Do you want us out? Do you want us out?" Mm-hmm. Um, we were fortunate we didn't have another game. We played Pakistan two or three days' time, so we had plenty of time after. Yeah. Uh, he said, no, no, this is your day. You stay for as long as... We end up going up to the kitchen about 11.30 that night. And if you've, you've played at Lord's, uh, yep. you know the kitchen's pretty special. Yeah. The whole kitchen staff... We were the only ones left in the ground. The whole kitchen staff was still on, and the That's whole amazing. menu was still on. It was... Oh, it was unbelievable, Shaky. We've gone up there, and you think there might be a few, you know, a few bits and bobs left. Yeah. They had waited. They had waited. And we had this full meal, okay, whatever we wanted. That's okay, amazing. and it was about 11.30 that, 11.30 that night. They'd all waited for us, okay? That's they didn't hurry us. They didn't push us out the dress. Didn't do anything. They said, this is your night, your ground. So it, you it, was, it, was really so, it was so amazing. You got to enjoy the, you got to enjoy the experience to the fullest. Absolutely. Then, then we went back. After that dinner, we went back to the hotel. And the whole hotel was full. Full. Full of orange, full of orange, Brilliant. and um, yeah, yeah. You know the Dutch; they know how to celebrate and have yeah. a good time. And uh, yeah, yeah it, it was it was special, very special. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps talking to you about it now because I just can't, can't imagine how you know I was so happy for you and and all the Dutch players. Um, but I mean, to hear you talk about it there, you can kind of get a, get a little bit of a feeling of what the actual emotions were like afterwards. Um, you know, you went on to play Pakistan, a very, very strong Pakistan team that went on to win the mm. competition. Um, and I think their spinners, you got found out a little bit by their spin talent. Yeah, Freddy. I think Freddy took five. Six, yeah, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, he's too good for us on that day. Commented, I think you commented, and I remember you saying there was a big difference between Adil Rashid and Afridi at that time. You know, there was a, there was a bit, bit of a difference between the two bowlers. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, it's hard to prepare. Um, and this is what we found uh, over the years, to prepare against quality spinners and quality cricks. If you're not exposed to them a lot in the associate world, you're not, you don't come up against that, yeah. that extra few mile an hour or that real quality spinner. Mm-hmm. You know, Mira Lithner, you know, um, sort of took us apart in 2006 in uh, Barbados in preparation when we played the uh, Sri Lanka there. And, and uh, you know, the boys just didn't have an answer, but and they didn't have time to work it out because you're in a, you know, yeah. a shortened version. Um, they didn't have time to try and work it out. We're in a longer version. Maybe you could hang in there and try and, you know, get used to it. But we, we really struggled to, you know, find the, the real preparation you needed. The, the ICC were wonderful in giving us games leading in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we tried to do, you know, on top of the, the tournament phase of prep, we tried to do another phase of prep mm-hmm. against full, full members to try and get against, uh, you know, those quality spinners and those quicks to, to give mm-hmm. us some exposure. But, you know, it was always limited. And that was always our greatest challenge when we come up with someone who was just a little bit different. And, um, yeah, and uh, Freddie on that day, was, he, he, was too, he was too good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is understandable, you know what I mean? It's a, he's a quality cricketer. So. I'm, sure, I'm sure before the tournament, you would have been happy with the win against England and, and, and you know, where, where, where things went. But you, but you probably went into that Pakistan game and, Thought to yourself, you know, we might be might be having a chance of getting get get getting a bit further in this tournament, but you know that that wasn't to be. You then went on um, in 2011 um, to the World Cup again, 50 over World Cup this time in, in India. You know, another I, I would imagine amazing experience, a longer tournament for you this time. I believe you played six games. Mm. Unfortunately, you didn't mm. didn't get any victories. Highlight again probably came against England when you you registered your highest highest score um, for a Dutch national team against a Test playing nation, which was 292 versus England, and we all witnessed a a fantastic innings from Ryan Tendiskata of 119 from 110 balls. Talk to me, talk to me about that. Talk to me about the moment, some moments of that World Cup. Yeah, look, it was a seven-week tournament. It was a long tournament. We prepared um, we uh, prepared down in Sri Lanka. Um, and then we spent uh, played our games uh, in and around India, and then uh, Bangladesh. We also played in Bangladesh, so it was a tough tournament. You know, a tough, uh, tough country to play cricket in. Um, started in Nagpur with that game you made reference to, and look what a start. You know, Tendo, uh, phenomenal cricketer, a special cricketer. You know, special qualities, a real competitor. He, he brings professionalism to the environment. Yep. Um, his record for the Netherlands was, was outstanding. And um, that 100 was phenomenal. It was just a shame because it would have been so, so monumental, to be honest, if we could have snuck that win yeah. off the back of the 20 uh, yeah. to, to, to get in the 50. And look, we'd certainly done enough with the bat. Um, it was unfortunate we had quite a, an inexperienced uh, bowling attack. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we we were winning the game for a large period, but I think it was Bopara who took the game away at the back end a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Brazy, I never forget it. To a wonderful stumping stump bell down the leg side, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, just kept us in the game, just kept us in, but just couldn't couldn't get a you know consistency in in overs, and uh, in the end we we ran seconds, but. Uh, Again, it was, it was 
we were disappointed with that game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We felt we should have probably got more out of it. Um, and then, you know, we played India in uh, Delhi. Mm-hmm. Um, we had them four for 90. We'd posted 210. Peter Boren had uh, sort of resurrected our innings. And mm-hmm. um, that, that was a, this game sort of sticks in my mind because the, you can imagine the, the environment, you know, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. full house, Delhi. For for me and for the players, God, it was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wagon Tendulkar opening for India, you know what I mean? Doesn't get any uh, better than that. Oh, you know, I, I'm pinching myself here, uh, shaky. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, God, what am I doing here? You know. <laughs> so um, it, it was you know, incredible, and uh, we had a fourth and ninety. I mean, gee, okay, are we actually are we actually in this? You know what yeah. I mean? Seriously. Because um, we'd done well to get the two ten, we never thought it'd be anywhere near enough. But you know, pinching a uh, four for nine, just another couple. You just never know. You know, yep, never know. Yep. Anyway, anyway, Yuvraj uh, and, and Donny took him home, and uh, that was the game done. But uh, again, a good experience. I think the West Indies were too too strong for us there. Uh, Tommy Cooper got, I think, a nice fifty, but uh, I can't remember too much about that game. It was in Delhi again, and we went off to Dhaka and we played Bangladesh there. We had, I think, a nightmare of runouts, I think, if I can remember there. Um, and that Bangladesh was a side that we'd beaten over the years. Um, yeah. It was, a, you know, we went into that game thinking, well, you know, we're a possibility here. Mm-hmm. Another, you know, fantastic country to play cricket in. It's a tough country to tour, but uh, to play cricket in, you know, they're, they're, they're fanatical. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that was an experience again. Um, and then, you know, coming to the, the back end of the tournament, um, we had the island in Kolkata. Um, and look, you know, that's the game, isn't it? That's, that's the game that, you know, you, you're really up for. And, and uh, I think Tendo got another 100 in that game. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think, I think we went pretty big again. Yeah. Um, and it was a game that was certainly there to be won. And we dropped Porterfield at fine leg second over. Oh. Porterfield. Actually, uh, I right, actually had Paul Sterling on. I did a I did a podcast with Paul Sterling. Him and Potterfield obviously had a a record opening stand, but I forgot that you dropped them in the in the second over there. We dropped we dropped yeah dropped Porterfield. Um, I think it was a Bill Roger that dropped him. Um, uh, look, I'm a long time ago, shaky, but and look, he went on to make sixty or seventy. Um, you know, and probably stabilised that innings. But it, you know. If you get an early one there and get a big one early, he was a big player for them. I yeah. uh, would have put him on the back foot and they were chasing. Oh, I think we must have been up near 300 again, Shaky. I can't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. I think we had a reasonable total on the board. Um, and, and that was a game again. You know, the first game and the last game of the tournament, we were probably very disappointed. With, you know, we could have taken results out of that tournament um, and we just didn't achieve that. So I, I think we were probably a little disappointed, mm-hmm. um, you know, going out of that tournament. Great experience. Phenomenal experience, mm-hmm. but you know, a couple of games we probably should have done. Probably a couple of games we did better than perhaps we expected too. But I mean, you know, a couple of games we probably should have done better. Yeah, and um, at, that, at that at that level, you probably just need a few things to go your way as well. I mean, the England game, like you said, a bit of an inexperienced attack you had. Maybe if it just some fine moments were were handled a little bit differently, you probably would have probably would have been able to tip a victory there. India having them in trouble. The problem with India is they've got a batting lineup that goes forever. You were never <laughs> exactly. You were never. It's not, like you're, it's not like you're anywhere near the tail or anything like that. Um, no, no. 
you you also am I right in saying went into the two thousand and twelve T Twenty World Cup? Um, two thousand and twelve. Am I wrong there? No. No, 2011, 50, and then uh, what happened in the 2000? No, Shaky, I don't think so. No, no, I'm, I'm wrong then. So by uh, no. in 2013, you, your role with the, with the Dutch national team came to an end. Now, I read, I, read, yep. I read your statements and stuff like that on it. It, it seemed like a, it was kind of mutual, but you also seemed extremely, by reading your words, you also seemed pretty sad about the role coming to an end. I think the Dutch, uh, the board had, you know, had given reasons that, you know, they felt that it was time for a fresh approach. Um, you'd been Absolutely, a, yeah. You know, it was a very successful period of time, but what, what, what's your memory of, uh, you know, your thoughts on Look, the end? The Dutch, the Dutch were brilliant, um, fantastic. Um, God, the, the, you know, I, look, looking back, you know, maybe maybe I was one year too long. You know, in in, in a, a head coaching role, Jackie. You know, uh, they all have time frames. You know, whether that be three, four, five, whatever it is. But you know, I think the Dutch are absolutely right. You know, a freshen up, maybe a new approach, maybe a different direction, whatever it may be. So you know, maybe I I, I was just loving it so much. I, I I really you know enjoyed the work, enjoyed the organisation, enjoyed the people within the organisation. And I love the squad. And I, I probably needed to push. I wasn't going to say it's time. Yeah. Um, you know, I probably needed to push. And, um, yeah, it was a tough time, to be honest, because I was actually in Australia uh, for the passing of my dad. I was in Australia and my dad had not passed when I was home, so it was unfortunately a terrible time. Yeah. Um, and I got the call from Jeroen Smith saying, look, you know, I need to talk to you, you know. He, he he was fantastic, mate. He was, you know, we were we were close, we were good friends. But yeah. as he left the playing side, he went into the organisational side, and he was sort of my confidant. And, and uh, you know, he, he was very honest with me, uh, yeah. and that's you know, I respected that. And mm -hmm. uh, he was the man that you know talked to me first. Said, you know, we want to, you know, the organisation wants to you know, make a change. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that hit hard, mate. You know, same thing. Whenever you you know lose that position you think oh no what have you done what have you done but you know the way the dutch handled it as i said i, I couldn't thank them enough they, they were great it was more a case of not through performance or anything that was done it was more a case that you know it was just time for a change yeah it was time and, and you know i respected their honesty i respected them i respected them making the decision and they gave me a wonderful send-off and and um yeah no, look, I, I, I think that, you know, all the guys there, you know, Alex and Mark and, and Richard Cox was the, the CEO at the time and uh, Mark Osselberg uh, was the, the chairman of the board, I think, at that time. And, you know, Rowley and, you know, all, all the people there were tremendous to me. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, I, I was probably sad to be leaving the role, but I was probably sad to be leaving there as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. my family, my family loved uh, loved Holland. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a great six years there. We developed a. So am I right? Am I right uh, saying that you would have had friendships. two? You would have had two more kids at that point. So now you were a family of. You had your three kids because you were. You mentioned earlier your your one son was born in Scotland and then your two kids are. Yeah. So at this point you've got three kids. You feel mm. that I mean it's you know your 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 wife your part and the kids are settled there. Um, mm. you know, big. Would have been quite a scary time, I'd imagine, like that transitional period. I'm really happy to hear that the, 
the Dutch, you know, they, they were good to you. But, you know, a bit of a scary time, I'd imagine, of what am I going to do now? Look, it, it was. It, it was. And it's funny, when I look back, Shaky, how, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a believer in, you know, things happen for a reason. And, and, and you know, things are shaped uh, in certain ways. You know, I remember my dad, <clears throat> you know, when he was past me, he said, look, can you come home? Can you come home and look after mum? And um, at that point, I didn't know that I was, you know, leaving Holland. Yeah. Blow me down. Literally two weeks later, I'd found out that, you know, I was leaving Holland. So, well, you know, you know, it, it all appears that way. You know, it looks back and within, within four months, five months, yeah, four, five months of my dad passing, I was back in Australia. Yeah. And look, it was, it was a scary period because I was coming back to, to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I say that, uh, what I mean by that is, <clears throat> you know, no job, yeah. no property, yeah. no infrastructure. Obviously, yeah. I had family here, mm-hmm. um, so I had a, a wife and three kids, and I was bringing them to. Well, I, I'm not sure what, and uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty, and uh, yeah, a fair bit of anxiousness, and so that next, um, oh goodness, few months was uh, a challenging time because we we made our way to Australia, and obviously I was very considerate of of you know taking Lindsay away further from her family. Now we're on the yeah. other side of the world. Yeah. Um, so that was that was on my mind. Um, and that, that's significant, you know, doing that. So, uh, yeah. So that that worried me a little bit. But we come to Australia, um, and my wife had to go to Bundaberg with the kids. Uh-huh. That's uh, obviously where I'm from, and and they live with Mum for eight weeks okay. up in Bundaberg, and we put our youngster into school up there. Uh-huh. Uh, and I used to come to Brisbane for the five days. And I used to sleep on the floor of my mates, uh, Andre Berger, the man I mentioned before that I met yeah, in the T20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I never, I never knew him. Okay. I never knew him. I went to the school where I used to work before I went overseas mm-hmm. and um, Churchy. And um, I was talking to a colleague of mine, Stephen Fryer, who played for Dunfermline yeah, okay, for two yeah. years. Yeah. Okay. Well, he worked for Queensland Cricket. This is how small the world is shaking. He worked for Queensland Cricket. I knew Stephen. Mm-hmm. He went to Dunfermline. So in my role in Scotland, I helped him out and whatnot yeah. over there. Yeah. He returned to Australia and got the head of cricket at Churchy, okay. where I used to work before I went over. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I contacted him and, and said, I'm coming back. And he said, come into the school and we'll see what we can do. And, and, uh, and this is where I met Andre Berger. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him in there because he was at the school and I uh, never knew him uh, except for that moment overseas and Stephen got me in as assistant coach to his first 11 which I was incredibly pleased with have some work Yeah. Um, another colleague of mine Blair Copeland got me some more work bits and pieces and I slept on the floor of uh, Andre Berger's house for seven weeks while I run around and tried to find a house wow. trying to find some more work yeah. uh, set our life up uh, find schools, which was incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and each weekend, I used to drive back to Bundaberg and see the family, and back I'd come again, back I'd go. And so you know, it was a difficult couple of months for us to to get established here in Australia. Um, but in the end, uh, looking back, what are we now, Jakey? We're six years. Yeah. Um, uh, we're very, very happy. Um, I'm lucky I've got a beautiful house and beautiful family and uh, yeah. I feel blessed to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Yeah. I feel blessed. 
Yeah. Well, you're good. You're, you're a good man, Adriano. You deserve. You deserve. You deserve that. Um, you've you've settled. Really nice to really nice to see. You know, as I said at the start of the call, I got to got to meet your lovely family. I only know you you and Lindsay to see to, to see your lovely family. You know, it made me made me really happy. Um, you've now got your PD cricket academy as well. I, I believe you take your um, you take a good bunch of boys. Um, you, you do a camp in India um, yeah. once a year or so. Uh, is that is that right? You, you do, is it like a, a yeah. How does that all work? Yeah, when I came home, Shaker, I had to start the business again, and um, PD Cricket was operating prior to going overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically just launched that again, and then um, tried to, you know, get different contracts and whatnot, and uh, just build on that. Yeah. So I, I've, I've been at Churchy now for goodness, you know, pretty well since I've been back. And now I work the first 11 there and, and help okay. out the development program there. Um, I've got a contract with the club here, Valleys, which is my okay. old club. Um, and I run an academy through that, um, mm-hmm. which goes quite well. Okay. So we do different programs, batting, bowling, spin bowling. I bring in coaches and, and uh, they uh, deliver those programs for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a small contract with Queensland Cricket uh, over the last four years, three, four years with uh, the girls, with mm-hmm. the Heat and with the Fire, which uh, was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had quite a deal of success there as well. We won two, two uh, trophies with the Heat, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. My role was only quite small there, but it, it still was a, a lot of fun working with the girls. Um, but that uh, tour we do, myself and Brad Murphy, a, a good mate of mine here, um, I call I us the originals well. because I know, I know him well. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you sent yourself and uh, Richard Berrington over there many years ago. Uh, so oh, I that's had right, that's right. Fun, yeah. fun. you know, it was quite a quite a good memory, good memory. But yeah, continue with, with yourself. And Brad, he's a he's he's a good friend of mine, a good mate, and now he's the head coach down at uh, down at Valleys, and we work okay. closely down there together. Um, yeah, we we just. I don't know, got together one day and, and thought, well, we, we help players out a lot all over the place going here and there. He said, why don't we just uh, formalise something and, and take a crew to India? Uh, yeah. We obviously know Sachin over there very well. Yeah. known Sachin for many years through the ICC and taking teams to, to India in preparation and whatnot. So it evolved. Uh, goodness, we've been doing it four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, first year we took six players. Um, each year we have state players on board. We have some mm-hmm. real good quality players. We have a cross section of players, yeah. um, from you know club players, uh, older players, younger players, mm-hmm. state players. You know, mm-hmm. so and look, it's it's a cricket experience. We go to Mumbai, we spend ten days there, and we train. It's it's <clears throat> not a holiday. It's a cricket cricket tour. Yeah, uh, we we expose them to you know tough training conditions, quality. Indian coaches mm-hmm. and um, you know we don't get the opportunity here Shaky to to bat for three four hours a day yeah you know and um, against different bowlers different conditions mm-hmm. and you know psychologically it's a wonderful experience for batters to try and bat long yeah you know challenging testing really hot tough conditions so <clears throat> it, it's a, a tremendous uh, experience for a cricketer Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we promote it mainly to, to batters, spinners, and uh, keepers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've taken the odd seamer over there as well. We, we play games. Most of the, the 10 days are centered around training. We do have, um, you know, a day or two off doing the sites of Mumbai and whatnot, being exposed to the culture. But it's, it's largely, you know, a cricket-based tour. 
great, great, uh, no, great I, experience. I follow, I follow it on uh, I follow it on social media, and I know I would I would highly recommend to any young lads out there that are are looking to develop their game and experience a diff, totally different culture. Then you know to get in touch with yourself or Brad Murphy, either to go to Australia or to to get to to come over to India. I mean that that that's a that's a great 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 experience I'd imagine for for the young boys to to do. I've watched a lot of the footage that you put up. It looks like a proper proper setup you've got going on. You're videoing the players, you know, proper analysing things. So it's amazing. So I mean you you seem in a you seem in a very very good place, Jono. You've had quite a quite a journey. It's still a long way to go in your journey, I'd imagine. What about your What about your boys? Is there any cricketing talent coming through? Uh, you're talking about my young lads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, look, they love the game. Yeah. They love the game, uh, which I think is an important start. You've got to be passionate about the game. And um, the older one, he, he likes to bowl. He likes to bowl and he, he says to me, Daddy, you know, he sent me a video just a week ago. He was home here working on his cut shot. So he oh, sent me a video of his cut shot. Daddy, nice. what do you think of my cut? So, and, um, you know, the other one is, uh, he's got a nice off spin action. Shaky, I don't do much with them. Okay. But what I do see in the, what I do see in the young fella is um, he, he's got some natural, he's got some natural flair. He's yeah, got some okay. natural skills. So I just watch out the corner of my eye some of the shots he plays, and he's uh, there could yeah, be he's something um, there down the line. Yeah, it, it won't have anything to do with me because they don't listen to me. Okay, okay. The, the, no, no, they don't listen to me. I've done very little with them because because of that reason. I, yeah. I said I, was, I keep coming back to Andre, but I say Andre, can you coach my kids? Because can you coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's and, um, that, that's great. That's great. Great to hear. I have to say this to you, Dreno, otherwise I would get into trouble. My, I told my parents, my mum and my dad, that I was going to be mm. uh, setting up an interview with you, and they, and they wanted me to pass on their best wishes to you. Lindsay and the kids, and you know it's been a long time, so the, the I passed that on. Please do pass that on to Thanks. good lady as well. Thanks, Shaggy. I, um, I appreciate yeah. that, and, and please pass ours back to your to your mum and dad as well, because I remember them taking us out in Glasgow. There, I remember right. going to that restaurant. That's I do right. remember that uh, very much. So well, no, please Lindsay, pass that Lindsay, 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 Lindsay was there as well. We went to the went to the village curry house, and we had a nice. A nice meal, and you know, no, they 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 got very, they were very sad. And um, my dad, in particular, was really sad when when the job, your job, came to an end with Scotland. He always he always says, you know, Peter Drennan was a good coach. You, it's unfortunate you didn't get to work with him a bit longer, but we're still thankful for the for the time we had with you. And I really appreciate all the time you've given me today. Um, it's been uh, it's been really it's been really good to listen to you, Drennan. You're going to be the first coach. That I'm going to be launching the podcast. I don't know if you've come across mm -hmm. any of my episodes. I've had some some pretty good guests on. Just done one with Darren mm -hmm. Sammy recently. I've got some other big names yep. coming up as well. So please, please uh, spread the word if you can. I'll send you my link of, of my of my channel. Mm -hmm. Please uh, pass it on to some uh, some of the maybe the boys at Churchy if they want some extra watching yep. and the spare time to watch some cricket. Um, but no, I really appreciate your time, Drennel. Obviously, we'll stay in touch. And if you get over yep. to Scotland. Any time in the future, then please do give me a shout. I will do, Shaky. It's been a pleasure, mate. Look, thank you so much for asking. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's been lovely to talk about uh, the old days and lovely to catch up again. And it looks like you've got a beautiful family there as well. So, uh, no, mate, no, thank you so much. And uh, I wish you uh, all the very best. I, I've been following on Facebook, so, you know, I, uh, I certainly will pass on, mate, definitely.
Thank you but, very uh, much. No, thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Right, Speak soon, mate.